You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. On January 12, 2018, Lynn Kutowitz shared a message at the Hub in South Africa. He talked about treadmills, batons, and running the race for God's glory. Um, so I, I spend a lot of time thinking about Hands at Work and about discipleship and about what is this thing that God has called us to. And, you know, I believe in order to properly understand what we are doing here, it's important to understand discipleship, you know. Discipleship is what? It's following Jesus. It's that path of pursuing Christ. When he calls and we follow. And the way that happens isn't the way we sometimes think it is. Many of us think about our own lives, we're a bit individualistic, and we think, okay, we're called, it's between me and Jesus, and I'll live out my discipleship between me and Jesus. But that's not the picture we get from the scriptures. It's not how Jesus showed us. Actually, when we follow Jesus, it's, we commit to following Jesus, we commit to doing that in a very specific way, with a very, in a specific time and place, through a commitment to that time and place and to the people who are there in that time and place. And that's how we live that out. And the Bible gives a few different pictures of what that kind of thing looks like. I love the image of a field. You know, and I believe God's kingdom in many ways is, is made up of fields. And, and he calls us to go into particular fields, to serve and work in there, in those fields, at a time and a place, and to do it well. And that's one of the ways we live out our discipleship to him. And another image, the Bible gives us some different images for this. Another one is as a race. Right? He, the Bible shows us this image of, of a race. That being part of God's kingdom is like running a race. I'm going to read you a couple of passages for that. In 1 Corinthians 9... You don't have to open your Bibles. You probably, you know these passages. In verse 24 to 26, it says, Paul, of course, is writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, so don't you know, he's talking about all the ways that he's been paying a price. And he describes it by talking about a race. He says, don't you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives a prize? So run your race that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it, they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we run for an imperishable. So don't run aimlessly. I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. So he's talking about his race. It's a beautiful picture, actually. And then there's another image of a race that we get. In Hebrews, chapter 12. And I'm going to read that one to you. It says in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. And then the next section goes on to say, and don't grow weary, don't get tired in running this race. And I love that passage. 
because it gives us a very particular, an image of a very particular kind of race. Now to catch that, you really have to understand, of course, the passages before, which is the famous Hebrews chapter 11, which talks about all these heroes of the faith, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Samuel, David, all these guys, you know, it talks about what they did. It says, you know, how they suffered. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. Mistreated, you know. But they persevered in faith. They kept going. And they conquered kingdoms. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire. He talks about this amazing race that he runs. That's been run. And then he talks about the new race. So we get this picture of a race in God's kingdom that's more like a relay race, Right? It's not, there's different kinds of races. There are races you run on your own, and there's relay races. There's short races, there's long races, and relay races. And the image that we get here is of a kind of a relay race, not an individual sprint or a run, because there were people who came before, and they've handed something off. And then we come in, and we have our part to run in the race. So the thing about a relay race, our part in the race, we have a stretch of race, a leg of race. It gets set before us, but we didn't start the race. Right? It gets handed to us, and we don't end the race. But we have a section of a race that we must run, that only we can run. So does everybody kind of know what a relay race looks like? Yeah, maybe, kind of. You know, you, I th when I think about it, I always think about Levy. A, a number of years ago, it must be 10 years ago almost, Levy sharing this story. This, he really felt passionate about sharing the image of passing the baton. I remember it mostly because he pronounced it wrong. It's a baton, not a baton, but whatever. You know, it was also a powerful story, I think, but, it was, but he pronounced it wrong. But the point in a, in a relay race, right, one guy's running, and the other guy is waiting. He's waiting, right? And we've got a baton, so we have got something, and I'm running. It's my responsibility for this thing, to steward this thing and to own it. And then he's waiting for me, and then we start to run together. We overlap for a bit to get the speed, and then he, he waits to catch up my speed, and then he goes, and he runs his leg. Thank you. Till the next guy is waiting, and he passes it off, and it goes like that. And that's how they run the race, together in a chain. And you know, the amazing thing about this kind of race is how dependent the runners are on each other. I mean, it's crazy if you think about it. You know, athletes are super competitive, right? I might have a little bit of competitiveness in me, but nothing compared to real. Like, athletes are competitive. They don't want to lose. And they don't like to be dependent on somebody else to possibly lose, because they're going to do their part. Are you going to do your part? It's hard to be that dependent. And God is saying, with that image of a race, he's saying, our faith is like that. Living out the kingdom is like that. Seems like a terrible idea to me, to be so dependent. When I work hard on my part of the race, to be that dependent on the one who comes next, what are they going to do with it? And the people before me must have felt the same. What are these people? I'm passing this off. What are they going to do with it? 
Imagine the story of the kingdom could become just this ancient thing that somebody ran well one time. Right? We heard about it. We didn't see it, but we heard about it. But the chain got dropped. It could become like that. And God, in his wisdom, allowed it. He allowed us to be that dependent and that important to each other. And that's how the kingdom is lived. Now, hands at work is like one of those races. Each of us comes here as individuals, right? And we join something that's, that's bigger than ourselves. And no matter what, no matter how old you are, what race you are, what skills you have, whatever, you are here with the leg of the race to run. There were people who came before you, and there are people who are going to come after you. You come here as an individual, and then you're just a part of the team. But you are a part of the team. The team is dependent. And there is a leg of the hands at work race that is set before you and before me that only you and I can run. We take a handoff and we run it as best and as well as we can. That's our call. Now, hands, this race, Paul talks about running for this wreath, right? That's a Greek image of the wreath. For us, we, God gives us this race to run because there's a particular thing that he wants us to display. Our prize, our wreath, is this, this thing that God's asked us to display and to, and to reach children, the worst, toughest communities, the most vulnerable, in a way that displays his heart. That's kind of the, the prize that's waiting at the end, that we'll have displayed this beautiful image of who God is in, in the midst of the worst Situations of poverty and abandonment in the world. That's part of it. And the ability of hands at work to run and finish its race well is heavily dependent on how every single one of you and me run our leg of the race. The part that's set before each one of us. And that's how hands at work gets built. The future of hands at work, what hands at work will be for those who encounter it next in the future, the tone of it, the spirit of it, depends on what you and I hand off. Right? When we ran, he had to slow to my, he had to get involved with my pace so we could run together. When we hand off, what we hand off will be the pace. The others who come will run at the pace and the tone and in the spirit and in the way that we run. And when you look at this, you see the incredible role that each one of us has in this beautiful thing that God has created. We see how dependent it is on us and our faithfulness to running. There's a temptation, I think, for all of us to come, especially when we come, many of us, not having ever really done anything like this before. I remember Tommy, when he came here, the boy couldn't even cook. Maybe he still can't, actually. But he found a wife. He found a way, okay? So that's good. We're not saying how you do it, but he, he survived. But there's a temptation for us to come. And we see the leaders who've run, right? And it's good. They've run before us. 
And we think they're the ones running the race. They're the important ones that are going to dictate what hands becomes in the future. But you know what? That's actually not true. Their hand, they run legs of the race that they start to hand off. And we pick it up. And you know who's going to determine much more so what's going to get handed off to the future, to the next people that come? It's going to be those who are here now. That's how it works. The leaders become something more like coaches, you know. And the coach, yeah, the coaches kind of set the direction, make sure we're sort of all running the same race on the same track in the same direction. But that's it. They can't run the race. They can't run my leg. They can't. They have experience, and it's good to learn from them. But that's it. The place and the time and the role and the people who happen to be around you, that's yours. And that's a gift that God has given you to steward and to take responsibility for. And it's a precious gift. You might look around you at the the race that's set before you, the people who are in it, the tasks that are in it, how slow they are, how great they are, or whatever. It's not what you expected it to be. You might look and think, I'm not sure if that's such a gift, but it is a gift. It's God's specific gift that he's prepared for you in this time. It's a precious gift. It's sacred. It's part of how hand is going to run the race to achieve that call. And if you, you can never forget how special that is. I said to Dawson the other day, don't think just about your part when you're discerning. Think about the big call and the race that we're running here, what this is going towards. And it's special. I, maybe sometimes we miss it when we're in the midst of it for a while and it gets the reality. It kind of scrapes off some of the nice paint. But I'm telling you, I stand in a whole other part of the world. I'm telling you, what we have here is special. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the life. There's a world crying, desperate in pain, groaning for the answer. And I tell you, the world does not know how to answer it. In much, in many cases, the church isn't sure how to answer it. It knows it's the way, the truth, and the life, but how to contextualize that in a way that actually makes sense. It's tough. It's not there. And so, What we're saying, what God has given to us, run to the problem. Make it personal. Take responsibility. This this way, it's very special. And it's sacred. It's very important to be Christ bursting through the door of the poor. It's a sacred thing. And God chose you to be part of it. He gave you a leg of this race to run, to pick something up from someone else and to steward it and run it so that you can hand it off to somebody who comes. And the question is, are you running it well? Your part. Are you running it well? You know, the particular piece that you have right now It won't last forever. You know, Dawson again said something the other day. He said, obedience uh, delayed is not obedience, it's disobedience. I thought, yeah, that's right. You know, you can only run. You only get one chance to run the race you're in, and that's now. Things will change. Things will shift. You only have the time you have now. When it's time to hand off, when you step back and you look at it, what will you see? Will you be proud of what you've run? Will it look faithful? Is that what you want to hand off? Are you sure? Because one day we will look at what we've run. 
all of us. It's important to just say it, that entering the race is not the same as running it well. You know, and that's something that we need to talk about for those of us who have uh, maybe left something, whether that's a community, your family, in, in, in a career in South Africa, if that's family in Canada or where Australia or whatever it is, you've given up a dream or something to come here, that's wonderful. But that's just entering the race. You see, and we can trick ourselves because we start to compare ourselves to who? To the people that we left or to the people who are out there and haven't done, haven't taken the step that we've We've taken, we'd say, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm running. I'm, I've taken a step further than those guys. But that's not who we compare it to. That's not how we test if we're running the race. Remember what it says. Look to Jesus. If we want to know how to run the race, what does running the race well and faithfully look like? to the one who didn't despise what was laid before him. God says, don't look back to test and encourage yourself that you've, run, you've entered the race. He's saying, I want to train you to run a race you never even dreamed that you could run. I can do that. That's what I do. That was an old life. I want to give you a new life and teach you to run like me. Like those heroes that came before you were learning, you're going to learn like them too. Has anybody here actually ever run a race? <laughs> I've run a race, okay? And I tell you, it wasn't that pleasant. Like, I, I remember, I ran some races when I was young, very young. And I'm not going to tell those stories because they're like another level of embarrassing that we're just going to leave out of the recording for now. But in university, I was getting in pretty good shape, and I was running on the treadmill a lot. And like I, was I remember specifically kind of being proud. It was loud running around the treadmill because I was just going hard. And I was preparing for a relay race, actually, with, some other, with three other guys, and we were going to run this race. I never went and ran on a track, even once. <laughs> but I ran on this treadmill. So the day the race actually came, and we got out there, I was just, I, what I remember most specifically, I had to pee like 15 times. I, I remember, I was like, what? What's going on? I realized I was nervous, like super nervous. And as I started to run, now there's wind, and I got like a major cramp, and I can barely finish. It was, it was tough. It was really tough. So the point is, there was a lot more pressure. There's pressure in running a race. There was. It mattered. You know, now people really care. They didn't care about the treadmill. They cared, finish your part, because you got to hand off to me. And I ran hard, so you don't waste my time. And that's the thing about this image of a race. And God gives us that. There's urgency in a race, right? It matters. There's some pressure. Things are at stake. It matters what we do. It matters how we act and how well we steward what gets handed to us and what we're going to hand off. And that's actually one of the key reasons why it's so important to revive this image of a race. For the pressure. Because you know what? Pressure's good for us. 
<laughs> it feels counterintuitive to our way and our time, right? And generally, sometimes, you know, there's something in us where our hearts are like water. It just seeks the lowest possible place to just rest and be quiet. <laughs> there, there is that part of us. And often we just want to coast because we think that's what will, you know, as long as when I get comfortable, that's when I'm going to actually feel good. But you know what? It's not true. It's actually not true. We don't thrive like that. Believe it or not, we thrive when we count, when what we're doing matters, when what we're a part of is significant. That's when we thrive. When stakes are high is actually when people rise to the occasion. When it doesn't matter, we fall back. That's the way it is. In our discipleship, our following of Christ was never meant to be uh, well, if it happens, it happens kind of thing. That's not how it goes. No, that's why the race is important. It matters. Our maturity, our, our sharpness, they have a direct impact on whether the race gets finished or not. And it's important we know that. Not to feel guilty about it, but to, to understand, hey, we're a part of something. There's an excitement that's to it. Yeah, there's a little bit of pressure, but actually that's the context that helps us grow. That's what helps us grow. We talk about whether or not I should get up this morning and, and study my Bible or, or do whatever I need to do. You know what? If it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter. But if it matters, if I'm desperate, because I know I'm running a part of the race today that's going to have a huge steep hill, and I need, I need something, I'll get up. That's why it was meant. That's the context we're meant to live in. That's how we're meant to live out our faith. So I want to encourage you, ponder this. Ponder the race image. Don't let go of it. Don't just push the tension away. It, it matters, and it's good that it matters. You were made to matter. That's how you'll thrive. Ponder that. And assess yourself. Check. How am I running? How am I running? So that kind of leads us to talk about what does it look like to run the race well. And it's important to know, as we start talking about checking ourselves, we've got to know, this isn't the rat race, right? This isn't the rat race of our culture, where everything is about being faster and better and stronger and smarter. That's not what we're talking about here. That's not how we run this race. Hebrews talks about running with endurance, looking to Jesus. It talks about faithfulness talks about embracing the race that gets given to us, no matter what, humbling ourselves to just accept it, paying a price. This race is about faithfulness. And what's the way to run faithfully? I am the way. I am the way. Jesus is the way. We run the race the Jesus way. We embrace in faithfulness with humility and commitment what gets set before us. It doesn't mean we enjoy it. That's like a different criteria somewhere. That's not the point. We don't even know what we enjoy. We don't even know what will be good for us. We embrace the thing that's before us. Remember Jesus. He looked at his and said, I don't want this one when he was in the garden. I don't want this one. Isn't there another one? Father said, no. 
because this one, it's going to be a hard run. But you are going to hand off something that's going to be amazing. That was the promise, and that's how we run. So a characteristic of this race, we've got to talk about it as much as possible. It's not going to look like we think it's going to look. The race, the conditions of the race, the course of the race, the curves in the race, it's not going to look like we think it's going to run. It's just not. There's going to be obstacles and challenges that we didn't expect. People will not be grateful. You will have a leader who's not organized or whatever it's going to be. And we're going to look and say, these conditions around me are making it impossible for me to run. That's what we'll feel. We will. These conditions of this bloody race are making it hard for me to achieve what I'm supposed to achieve. But you know what? Actually, right in those conditions is hidden exactly what God wants for you. He wants to grow you, train you, teach you how to run like Him. And you know what makes it hard for us to run? It's not the conditions. It's stuff in here. Hebrews says this, let us lay aside every weight and sin. What makes it hard for us to run the race? It's not the people around us. It's not the conditions. It's not the deadlines. It's not whatever. It's not the electricity going out. It's not any of those things. It's the weights and the sins that drag us back. They make us tired. When you feel tired, guys, it's not the race you're running that's making you tired. It's the weights that you carry that you're not meant to carry. What are those things? The sins and the weights, Hebrew says. Another translation for the weights could be like, I think they use hindrances. So like hinders, things that put you back. But weight is helpful to understand. Sins we know what sins are. They're kind of obvious things. We have sins in our lives. That, if they haven't yet, they are going to trip you up. You will stumble. You will not. They will hold you back from finishing the race. They will. It's just a matter of time. And then weights. Weights, I think, are things that are not necessarily sin. Right? Sin is kind of obvious, blatant stuff. I don't think we have to talk about that. You know what that is. But weights are things that, well, I could probably do this. When we're looking at what the weights are that might be holding us back in our lives, we, start to, we need to ask questions like, are there things that I know I can do, but I maybe shouldn't do? And you know, they're different for different people, right? If I think of an example, I don't know, like TV or something. <laughs> it's an easy one, but let's talk about that one. It might be that, you know what, for some people, they can watch some TV. TV's not a sin. But you know what? For some people, it becomes a massive weight and a stone and a distraction that keeps them, their eyes off the course. And it's a weight. It's dragging them back. We've got weights, all of us. What is weighing you back? What's holding you? What makes you tired? Look at it. Consider it. Because it is going to make you stumble. What are the things that you do that you feel just inside? Every time you go to do it, you realize, 
you know what, I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's okay, and I see other people do it, so it should be fine. Could be unhealthy relationships. That's a huge one for many, many people. It could be old habits. Right? Things that you're bearing down. It can be food. It can be all kinds of things. Stuff that just, it, they drag us back. And you know, the thing is, we do them, almost all of those things. We do, it can be pride. It can be bragging. All kind, you know, positioning yourself. All this stuff. And usually when we do those things, it's because they're actually covering up something deeper within that we're trying to just make go away so that we feel a little bit better about ourselves and we don't have to think about it. Those things are weights, and they are going to make you stumble. They make me stumble. I know they do. So what are your weights and your sins? If you want to run your race well, and I know you do, Find those things. Talk to somebody. If you felt it in your heart just now, I want to encourage you, write that thing down. You know, you're like 100% more likely to take an action on it. If you write it down, name it. Talk about it. Don't just let it float out. This stuff matters. It really matters. Remember, it's a race. And your influence here in this Hands at Work race is huge. You know, most people, more and more as they come here, they don't ever encounter George and Carolyn. Very little. Whoever sees Dan or Boosie. No, it's not there. Your influence, everybody else, is huge here. It's crucial. You must have fresh encounters with Jesus and, and know how to run your race and wake up in the morning refreshed running your race. If people come here and all they see is long faces and tired and dragging back, that's what they're going to pick up. You know, what you bring to the race every morning is what you're going to pass off. And the 2018 watchword, well, it's coming. I really believe that. Somebody said earlier, I know Levy and I have talked, often it's prophetic. What does prophetic mean? It means it speaks to what's, what's going to come. It helps to, chewing on it now helps to actually prepare us for what's coming. And I believe it's testing the fact that there are things in our hearts that are weights that are not the way of Jesus, that are dragging us back. And we're going to have to define them. God wants to root those out so that we can run the race well. This is a year. <laughs> if you think... If you think that the way to run a race better is just by finding an easier race, let me break the news to you. There is no easier race. The conditions are tough everywhere. Deal with those weights now. Because they're going to drag you back wherever you go. Take the opportunity now to get rid of that thing that holds you back. This is how we train, and this is how we grow. That's what it is, and that's what we're called to. So that's what I wanted to share with you. And I want to let you know that I love you, each one of you, and I think about you, and I pray for you, and I'm, a, yeah, I'm so excited. I believe God is building something beautiful here with us. I want to encourage you that the particular race you're running right now, it might shift or change 
run it well, because there's going to be a time, I know, I know, where you're going to look back on that leg and say, I wish, I wish. Deal with that now. Thank you for joining us. www.handsatwork.org